welcome back to another episode of the Continuation Podcast. It's uh, great to have you guys listening. This is going to be episode three, and we have a lot of content to cover today. As always, the world of basketball never stops, and I absolutely love it, especially with March Madness coming up, but we'll wait to get into that. For now, let's start talking about the NBA and what went on last week, which was the week of Sunday, March 5th. So on Sunday, a game that stood out to me was we had the Lakers upset Golden State in LA. Uh, Final score was 113 to 105. In this game, Anthony Davis popped off, ladies and gentlemen. He scored 39 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and just played exceptionally well. And this is something I love to see at AD. I mean, we haven't seen him too much. He's had a couple pop-out games this year. I mean, last year we didn't really see him too much, and this is something you want to see. This is the old AD we know and love, so this is great. Uh, In this game on Golden State, Steph Curry, it was his first game back from that uh, injury. He had an injury in his shoulder and actually his ankle. Um, You could tell he just wasn't himself. Just kidding. He actually scored 27 points, 2 rebounds, and 6 assists. But Golden State uh, didn't seem like they were used to having him back just yet. They played a terrible game. They did not play good at all. But maybe it was the Lakers' uh, deep bench that uh, that made them look so bad. I mean, guys like Austin Reeves, Michael Beasley, Vanderbilt, Shrouder, they just played really well from what I saw. I watched the game, and they were a great supporting cast. And uh, each game they play with a supporting cast like this, like with their bench playing so well, it makes me believe they could win a few rounds in the playoff. I mean, I think they can get past the playing games no problem. And I feel like if they keep playing this way, they might even not have to play a playing game. I mean, they could jump into that sixth spot in the West, uh, because it's all pretty close-knit. So, yep. Moving on to Monday, March 6th, we had the Cavs beat the Celtics in overtime in what was a thriller. Uh, The final score was 118-114. to Uh, This game took place in Cleveland. And uh, this is a possible East Semis matchup that went down to the wire. I mean, it was a very, very defensive game, like 118-114 to with overtime. That's not too high scoring uh, in today's NBA. Uh, you had the dynamic duo of Donovan Mitchell and Evan Mobley. They, they popped off for Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell had 40 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Evan Mobley had 25 points, 17 rebounds, uh, and 3 blocks. And we're just super, super dominant offensively and defensively, which was great. But like I said, this was a close game. And honestly, I watched it. Boston should have won. I mean, you had Grant Williams. The game was tied with .1 seconds left. Grant Williams had two free throws to win the game, two free throws in the NBA, and he went to to Donovan Mitchell, and he said, I'm going to make both, and he missed them both, which was pretty funny to watch. Uh, But then, yeah, they ended up going to OT, and Cleveland won. Donovan Mitchell had a pretty nasty poster dunk, and then Darius Garland kind of closed it out for them with some free throws. Uh, So that was a great game on Monday. Moving on to Tuesday, March 7th, there were two games that caught my eye. Uh, We had the Hornets beat the Knicks which was really, really surprising to me. This game was in Madison Square Garden. The Hornets won 112-105. to uh, You had guys like Gordon Hayward. When was the last time we heard about Gordon Hayward? Uh, it, it's been a really long time. Anyway, he had 23 points, 9 rebounds, and about 2 assists, I think. Um, that's what I have here. And then Rozier, Terry Rozier on the Hornets, had 25 points, 5 boards, 7 assists, and Kelly Oubre Jr. had 27 points five rebounds, and two assists. So they just, they all played, all three of them played super well. RJ Barrett, shout out Canadian. We always shout out the Canadians on the continuation pod. You should know that by now. Uh, It's episode three, but yep, 27 points for him, six rebounds, four assists, and he was the best for New York. 
Um, but they were clearly missing Jalen Brunson quite a bit. I mean, the team played really, really bad without him. Uh, they shot 42% from the field and 27% from three, which was just really, really bad. Um, but at the sixth seed right now, New York, I don't know if I can see them making it past two rounds. I mean, I, I, th- I feel like they should be able to get past round one, depending on their matchup. But they're just too inconsistent for me sometimes. And to lose at home like this to a team that doesn't even have 20 wins, I think that's very bad. Uh, the next game that caught my eye on same the same Tuesday was Oklahoma City Thunder beating Golden State. Sorry to be all over Golden State here, but they won. Uh, OKC won 137-128 to in a shootout in Oklahoma. They won at home. Josh Giddy put up crazy numbers. He had 17 points, 11 boards, and 17 assists which is nuts. Uh, he's such a great passer. We all know such a great young player in the league. And then Shea Gilgis, shout out Canadian, of course. He had 33 points. He's on my fantasy team. You already know I won uh, in my fantasy league's point section. I'm in a category league for fantasy, and you already know I got Shea Gilgis and Jokic, so they win me quite a lot of weeks. But anyway, he had 33 points. Uh, but again, Curry had a good game. I mean, I think this was the second game back. Uh, he had 40 points. Clay Thompson had 23 points. But they're just really struggling on the road this year. It's been pretty clear. I mean, they're the they have the third worst away record in the NBA, uh, with a seven and twenty six record on the road. So Golden State's got to figure that out, especially ahead of the playoffs. But as we know, the, that team is pretty darn good. So I think they could figure it out for sure. Moving on to Wednesday, March eighth, uh, we had the Clippers beat the Raptors, which made me very sad. Uh, this game, uh, they won one hundred eight to one hundred. The Clippers did. This game took place in L.A. Of course, we had the former Raptor, the one-year Raptor, uh, Kawhi Leonard. He had 24 points, 12 boards, and 4 assists. Paul George, his teammate, had 23 points, 2 boards, and 4 assists. And uh, the Raptors, I thought the Raptors had a hold on the game. I mean, I was watching most of this game. It was pretty close. uh, But going to the fourth, we did have the lead. Uh, We just ended up missing so many shots late. I mean, it just uh, we couldn't trade trade off with the, the likes of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Siakam had a tough, tough fourth quarter, and we just, uh, the Raptors ended up shooting under 40% from the field. I think it was like 37% they shot, which is really, really not good. You're not going to win a lot of games like that in the NBA. Um, it's disappointing to see from the Raps, and I don't know, man. They're they're in the ninth seed as of today. I'm recording this on Sunday, March 12th. They're in the ninth seed. I mean, just the that playing game, I mean, there's the rest of the teams are very, very close. The 10, 11, 12 spot, they're very, very close, one or two games apart. And I think we got not an easy schedule left. We play the Celtics twice and the Bucks twice, and they, they're going to have to play well to hold that spot. And then once they do, they're going to have to play really well to win one of those playing games. But I think we can do it, I believe. Thursday, not a whole lot went on. Pretty uh, games went as expected. Nothing crazy happened. So to jump to Friday, March 10th, uh, we had the Spurs upset the Nuggets, which was pretty crazy. This game took place in San Antonio. Uh, the final score was 128 to 120. We had a 23-year-old Keldon Johnson on the Spurs. He popped off. He had 23 points, 8 boards, 6 assists. I shouldn't say popped off. That's near around his average. I think he averages around 20 points. But still, he played very, very well for them. Then we had Jeremy Sochan. I think I said that name right. He's the top guy for the Spurs as well. Super good young talent. 23 points, 8 boards, 3 assists for him. Uh, And their bench played really well too. But before we get into that, Jokic, uh, shout out to him on my fantasy team. Love that man. 37 points, 11 boards, 11 assists, 
and three steals. That's a that's a triple double for him, which is not out of the ordinary. Uh, Jamal Murray, his teammate, had 24 points, six rebounds, seven assists. Of course, shout out to him. He's Canadian. Um, but they just couldn't get it done. The Nuggets. It was a surprising loss. I was very surprised they lost this. I didn't watch the game, but I did watch the highlights. And like I said, the the bench just outplayed them. They, uh, they outplayed the Nuggets second unit for sure, especially. The veteran, Doug McDermott, he had 20 points off the bench and shot seven for eight from the field, going four for four from behind the arc or the three-point line, as most people refer to it as. So that is what happened in the world of the NBA this week. Time to move on to our favorite segment, the dunk and flunk segment. For this week's dunk and flunk segment we got some interesting stuff uh picked out here for for you listeners so let's jump right into it of course we always start off with the dunks uh for this week i only have one dunk it was a pretty big dunk um so we're gonna jump right into it on tuesday night a anthony davis uh put up a dominating double double against the memphis grizzlies uh he had 32 points with 22 rebounds which is absurd 18 of which were uh, defensive rebounds, but still, that, that's a crazy, crazy stat sheet. He did help LA pull out the pull out the upset. Although, with the whole situation with John Morant not playing, obviously Memphis isn't the same team, especially with Brandon Clark out, the Canadian Brandon Clark. Shout out to him. Uh, he's out for the year, so Memphis is a bit of a different team. They're still a number two seed, however. So this was a great, great game for AD. Uh, very few performances of this caliber this year. I mean, with the exception of Jokic on my fantasy team, because I notice everything. Uh, he's had a lot of tri- triple doubles and things like that. But 22 rebounds is ridiculous with 33 points. So shout out to AD. Got to show him love there. Like I said, love to see him playing like this again. And uh, he ended up playing 33 minutes and basically willed them to a win. And and like I said, this team, this team, this Lakers team, they got a deep bench. They made some moves at the deadline. They got guys like Vanderbilt, Schroeder. I mean, Austin Reeves is even playing well. I mean, when they get LeBron healthy again for the playoffs, you do not want to face this team. That is for sure, especially if AD is going to be doing this. So shout out to AD for the dunk. Moving on to our flunk of the week. Uh, This happened also on Tuesday night. We had Scotty Barnes' ejection against the Nuggets as our flunk. I mean, this was a weird one. This was a weird play. So I'll explain it to you guys. It was a one-point game late in the fourth quarter, I think under a minute left for sure. Uh, Nuggets were up one. It was 114 to 113. And uh, there was a foul call. Aaron Gordon drove to the hoop against Jakob Pertl and did a weird little play. Uh, he ended up fouling him in a pretty regular foul, I thought. I mean, Barnes put his palms up, didn't put his hands up and make a big show out of it. But it seemed pretty relaxed. And then all of a sudden, Scott Foster, the referee, who has been known to have some questionable calls, uh, teed him up, teed uh, Scotty Barnes up out of nowhere and threw him out of the game. And it seemed like... Uh, he thought Scotty said something or it seemed like Scotty did say something to him. Um, and yeah, it was just a really tough time in the game to make this call. I mean, a technical foul, the Nuggets got free throws. Uh, Jamal Murray stepped up and made both free throws and then they get the ball. So it pretty much iced the game for the Raptors. They were out of it. And uh, after the game, they interviewed Scotty about it. And he said there was small bits of different disagreements rather early on in the game, but nothing really out of the ordinary. And I was watching some of this game, not the whole thing. Um, I didn't see this happen live because I was tuning in and out, but yeah, uh, I don't really know. He said that he was talking to himself during the call, but it did seem like he was, he kind of showed up the ref a little bit, but again, really tough time to make this call. I definitely thought it was oversensitive to throw him out. 
uh, which was pretty ridiculous. But again, we don't really know what Scotty said or the, or the language he used, even if he was talking to himself. So tough play, definitely a flunk for the Raptors. Again, I feel for those Raptors, man. I really want them to pull through. But that is going to be our flunk for this week. Time to move on to my favorite segment of this week's show. It is the NCAA March Madness Butler's Bracketology segment. Yes, it took me five minutes to think of that name. I hope you guys like it. Um, but in all seriousness, in this segment, we're going to go through my picks for the first two rounds of the famous March Madness tournament that is taking place um, in about five days or four days from recording this episode. It's going to start on Thursday, March 16th. Uh, the first four games, which are somewhat like playing games, are taking place on Tuesday, starting Tuesday, which is very exciting. And to me, as a basketball fan, this is just the best time of the year, um, especially the first two rounds. You have nonstop games all weekend. Uh, there's upsets left, right, and center, and it's just great, great basketball. And uh, I really do hope to go watch uh, these tournaments one day. I've, I've been to one round in Buffalo way back when, and about six years ago, or seven years ago, um, but I do want to go again because it's it's electrifying, these tournaments. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'm going to give my picks again just for the first two rounds. So who's going to make it into the Sweet 16, basically. And I'll give my other picks uh, for the Elite Eight, Final Four, and so on uh, in the next episodes. So we're going to start off with the, South, with the South Conference. We're going to start off with the South Conference. So making it out of the South in, in the Sweet 16, I have Alabama versus San Diego State. That's my first Sweet 16 matchup. Um, Alabama's a one seed. San Diego State's a five seed. I think Bama should have no problem getting through their first two rounds as a one seed. I can't see them really losing. Uh, San Diego State, on the other hand, they just won the Mountain West Championship, and they look to be playing really good. I I, I have them upsetting number four seed Virginia in round two. I, I think this, is, this could really, really happen. Uh, I don't think Virginia's that good. Um, they just lost to Duke in their conference championship, and I, and I just see San Diego State winning this one, especially with the momentum they've built. Um, the other two winners out of the South, I have number two, Arizona, versus number six, Creighton University. Um, I have Baylor, which is a third seed, getting upset by UC Santa Barbara, and then Creighton beating that team. Um, that's what I would pick. I mean, I really don't think Baylor's that crazy. They've had some pretty bad losses throughout the year. And I think Creighton could take care of them or UC Santa Barbara. And uh, shout out to Creighton. Again, they got some Canadian guys. They got Ryan Nemhard on that team, who's quite the guard. And they're, they're a strong team. I mean, they've had some bad losses as well. But I think they can uh, I think they can definitely make it out of two rounds. And I really hope they do. And uh, Arizona, on the other hand, they could have been considered a one seed, honestly, the way they've been playing uh, as of late and also throughout the whole year. And again, as a two seed, that probably could have been a one seed I think they should have no problem getting through this uh getting through these first two rounds moving on to the east conference the east conference for this March Madness tournament uh the first two teams I have making it to the sweet 16 out of the east are Memphis versus Tennessee that's my matchup in the first sweet 16 game out of the east uh Memphis is a number eight seed Tennessee is a number four seed and oh my gosh would this be a game uh, if I'm right about it now, Memphis is a strong team. I'm going to start off talking about them. They beat the number one seed, Houston, 
uh, to win the a the AAC championship just recently. Um, now, of course, this was without Houston's best player, Marcus Sasser, who I've talked about in previous episodes. He's quite, quite the talent. Um, but before this, I think it was about less than a month before this, they just lost to them by two points um, with him playing. So I think they've shown that they can really put up a good, good fight against those good teams, and they're really strong. And they got Penny Hardaway as their head coach, who runs a tough, tough program. So I think they're going to be uh, making it to the Sweet 16. And to do that, they're going to have to beat the number one seed, Purdue. But hey, this is March Madness. This is where madness happens. And I totally picture this happening, and I really hope it does. And uh, this is going to be in my brackets that I, that I make for the March Madness tournament, absolutely. Because I just don't think Purdue's guard play is that good. And I think if they get pressured, they'll fold, even though they have Zach Eady, who uh, who's Canadian and who's the best center in the nation. I still think Purdue loses in the second round to Memphis. Uh, Tennessee, on the other hand, they've been strong all year. Um, I'm skeptical skeptical about their matchup against Duke and Oral Roberts, but I do think they prevail and they come out of these first two rounds uh, just because they're a good team. But I could definitely see Duke coming out as well. Um, for my second, uh, for my next two teams out of the East Conference, I have the second seed Marquette versus the third seed Kansas State. Now, uh, I was watching a lot of shows before this. And Marquette could definitely go to the Final Four. They're playing that good. Um, a lot of the guys I watch on TV, including Jared Taylor Wright or Jay Wright, who's the former Villanova head coach, who's very respected, uh, he has them in the final of his bracket. And I could see it. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd take them that far, but I could definitely see it. And I think they're a very good team. So I think they may make the Sweet 16 no problem. Uh, on the other side, Kansas State. I don't see them losing to Kentucky or Providence, depending on who wins that round uh, and the other matchup. They should win their first round, no problem, uh, especially them being a three seed. So they're a solid group, and I think I think this will definitely be the teams coming out of the East. Uh, moving on to the Midwest Conference, the two the first two teams I have uh, the first two the first matchup rather I have out of the Midwest is the first seed Houston versus number four seed Indiana. Uh, now again, Houston they have that injury with Marcus Sasser. It's not clear if he's going to be playing. Um, but again, even without him, I think they're deep enough to make it past the first two rounds, especially since they're a one seed. Their matchups are a little bit weaker. Um, I do think Indiana on the other side with Trace Jackson Davis and Hood Shafino, uh, who we've talked, who, I, who I've talked about in previous episodes, the one with my dad, episode two. I think they take these two rounds easily, um, even despite their bad loss in the semis in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they lost to Penn State, and Penn State's a pretty good team as well. But I, I do think they're going to regroup after that. And I think they're going to come out pretty hard and win these first two rounds and make it to the Sweet 16. No problem. Um, I honestly would pick, uh, just to jump ahead a little bit, I would pick Indiana to win this if Sasser wasn't playing for uh, for Houston, rather. Um, but we'll leave that for the next episode uh, because that's jumping, ahead of, that's jumping ahead of myself. The next two teams out of the Midwest, uh, I'm picking Iowa number six seed Iowa State versus number two seed Texas. Now, despite losing uh, to Kansas, um, I think I think they've shown that them. That I think Iowa State rather have shown that they can beat real big teams. I mean, the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, sorry, is a really tough conference, and they've proven themselves in it. They've they've had big games, and um, I have them upsetting Xavier. 
uh, in round two, which which would be an upset, absolutely. So I think Iowa State can make it out of there as a six seed. Uh, Texas, on the other hand, they're powerhouse this year. They've shown little to no weakness. And again, two seed, they're not facing two hard matchups. I think they should cruise past uh, those first two rounds, no problem. Moving on to our West Conference, our final conference for the March Madness uh, Sweet 16. The two, the first two teams I make it to the Sweet 16 out of the West are number one seed Kansas versus number 12 VCU. Um, now, of course, Kansas, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, they're playing pretty good heading into their conference tournament. They did lose it in the finals, but they were missing their head coach um, for unknown reasons, I believe. He should be back for the madness. I really hope he is. This pick could change, but I'm sticking with it. Even if they don't have their head coach, they're that good of a team. Um, VCU, on the other hand, has a 12 seed making it to the Sweet 16. This is my sleeper pick. I mean, again, March Madness tournaments, you can't always go with the highly ranked teams. There's always one team uh, that's a 12 seed, 10 seed, 9 seed. That makes it pretty far. And for me, I think VCU could take this to the Sweet 16. I can't see them really going far past this, but they're my sleeper. And they've been a tough team year in and year out. They make the tournament a lot. And I think they upset UConn in round two, uh, who hasn't been who hasn't been playing that good coming in. So I could definitely see this happening. Um, and my last pick uh, for the teams heading into the Sweet 16 would be number three, out of the West, sorry, would be number three, Gonzaga. Number three seed, Gonzaga, versus number two seed, UCLA. Now, Gonzaga and Drew Timmy, I think he's a senior now, Drew Timmy. They're due to have a blowout. Uh, to have a blowout year, a, a blowout tournament. They deserve it. They're a good team. They've had guys that have been on the team for a while. Um, and I think they can make a deep, deep run this year. Uh, on the other side of the coin, you, looking at UCLA, they're a strong team as well. They've had a really good year. They're, they could honestly, like, they probably could have been considered for a one seed. They're that good. Um, they got high-flying and reliable guard play. I think they have a senior guard who's been really good. He played that year with uh, Juzang when they made it to the Final Four. And Gonzaga beat them. Uh, with Jalen Suggs, like, you know, on that buzzer beater that they easily could have won, easily could have went the other way. Uh, so this is a matchup that'll kind of relive that game from a couple years ago and hopefully uh, be a great game. But I think these two teams should make it past their first two rounds. No problem. So that's going to do it for my NCAA picks. Again, this is my favorite, favorite tournament. This is my favorite time of year for basketball. I'm going to greatly enjoy watching these games. Uh, and I hope you guys do too. Okay, now you know what time it is. It's time for the betting segment of this episode. I would never, never, never leave you guys listening, guys and girls listening, out of the bets. Um, this is one of my favorite things to do. I do happen to have my results from week one uh, of the podcast, my first week of betting advice. I have the results, and we're going to talk about that now. Um, so I have a two and three record so far. I have a negative record, which is not a good start to the podcast. But keep in mind, I am picking underdogs. So there are going to be uh, some losses, but we we're hopefully can make up with that in week two. Uh, we're still waiting for those results. But for now, in week one, I, I lost two picks. Or sorry, I won two picks and lost three. I will go through those right now. I lost my picks. Uh, so I picked Sacramento. Uh, sorry, I picked New Orleans to beat Sacramento. That was a loss because Sacramento actually beat New Orleans. Uh, my, my other loss was I picked Washington Wizards to beat Atlanta uh, sometime in the first week. Um, Atlanta actually beat Washington. And my other loss was I picked 
Detroit to beat Charlotte Hornets, and I really thought they would, but Charlotte ended up pulling it out. They've been playing better since Gordon Hayward's gotten back, apparently. Uh, so that was a loss. But I did end up winning. I predicted Miami to upset Cleveland uh, in Cleveland, and I won that. And I picked uh, o- Oklahoma to beat Golden State. Uh, Oklahoma, did, Oklahoma City to beat Golden State and in Golden State, and they did do that. So I was very happy about that. So once again, two and three records so far. We're hoping to make that positive uh, with our week two picks. But for now, I have my week three picks of Parlay Boosters. Um, this is for the week of Monday, March 20th. So let's get it going. Uh, starting off on Monday, March 20th, I have Minnesota beating the New York Knicks in New York in Madison Square Garden. After that, on Tuesday the 21st, I have the Brooklyn Nets beating the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're going to be underdogs in this, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I have them beating the Cleveland Cavaliers in Brooklyn. The day after that, on Wednesday the 22nd, I have the LA Lakers beating the Phoenix Suns in LA. Now keep in mind, KD should be out for the season, the rest of the regular season uh, for the Suns. And the way the Lakers have been playing, I think I think they win this game. Heading into Thursday, uh, the 23rd, I have the Thunder getting the spread, covering the spread against the Clippers. Now, their spread should definitely be positive. The Clippers should absolutely be favorited in this game unless something happens. I don't see them winning this because it's in L.A., and I think it'd be very, very tough uh, for them to win this, especially with the Clippers' defense with Terrence Mann and Kawhi Leonard. But I do think they cover whatever the spread is. If it be 5.5, plus 5.5, plus 6. Even like plus three and a half, I think it'll be a close game for sure. But I think uh, the Clippers will pull it out. And finally, on Friday the 24th, I have Golden State beating the Sixers uh, at home in San Francisco. Uh, Philadelphia should definitely be favored in this, especially with the way Golden State's been playing. But Golden State at home, as we know, is very lethal. Um, it might not be too big uh, of a parlay booster, but it should. Golden State should be the underdog in this one, so I would go with them. Once again, let's hope the next time we're on this podcast, my betting record is positive for your guys' sake, if you guys are tailing. Um, again, bet safely if you are. Bet bet only with the money you have and, and be responsible. Uh, that is something I always preach. Um, but yes, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, before I go, I really want to say I hope you guys enjoy this March Madness week as much as I'm going to. Uh, once again, it's one of the best weeks in basketball uh, for me, especially college hoops. So I really hope you guys enjoy that. And thanks for listening. As always, keep on hooping. Take care, guys.